Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. But, uh, it is so good to be with you this morning. For those of you that I haven't met yet, David has introduced me, but uh, my name is Tim Hood. I am uh, one of the Gateway pastors, and it's really exciting uh, to be with you this morning uh, in this season just to, to share a little bit more about Beacon of Hope. I have the absolute privilege of overseeing what is called our Gateway Beyond uh, area as a church and, and as a church in five campuses you know we are a generous church and part of the way we show that generosity is by blessing our community our nation and our world and we've got gateway beyond workers out around the world we've got people uh, doing things all through our gateway care ministries all across our campuses and as a church we are shining a light for Jesus uh, into this nation and into the nations of the world let me tell you a little bit about my story of, of how I ended up uh, I'm not going to go through the whole story you're looking at me going he's 50 this could take all morning but uh, just a, a really quick introduction because I, I think part of our formation I'm not used to using a microphone with a cable these days uh, I grew up in a Salvation Army home my parents were Salvation Army officers with or pastors you know, a couple of years into my life they uh, they made that journey to to training college and becoming Salvation Army officers and uh, back in the 70s when they they did that they they ended up getting sent out to uh, some small communities across Queensland and New South Wales and growing up in that environment you start to see things uh, around communities that uh, some people you know, don't understand. Sometimes uh, we, we take it for granted that life is really good, but there's a lot of hurt and pain out in communities. And uh, back in those days, there was no such thing as a mobile phone. So there was a house phone, and uh, the house phone in the Salvation Army officers' quarters was the phone that the community rang when they needed help. Now, uh, sometimes mum and dad weren't home, and, and you know, as, as someone in the house, I was the, the, uh, the eldest, you'd pick up that phone, and you just didn't know what you were going to get on the other end of the phone, phone line. There were people who needed food. There were people who were going through crisis. There were people who uh, domestic violence was happening in their life. There were people who were ringing up because they were about to take their life. And so all of a sudden, I had this exposure to some of the brokenness and, and pain that's happening in our world. When I was seven, uh, my parents uh, and myself and my sister, we got moved up to Papua New Guinea. Uh, they were sent up there as missionaries. And for four years, we lived in Papua New Guinea. And uh, for a kid coming out of Australia to, to move into Papua New Guinea into in the, uh, the late 70s, it was an incredible eye-opener. We didn't have a lot of stuff. We were, we were reasonably poor as a family. But the box of things that arrived with our stuff into Papua New Guinea was bigger than what most people lived in. And it was an eye-opener. We were discovering a world where there was poverty, where, where a, a room, that, you know, not even the size of the kids' room, uh, of the parents' room back there. Families of seven, eight, nine, ten would live in there, and that's where they cooked, that's where they, they spent their lives. And, and as, as a young child, I, I was just trying to figure all this out. You know, then I, we moved back to Australia, and in, um, in 1984, there was a, uh, a group of pop stars got together, and they put out a song around Christmas time called Feed the World. There was a famine going on in Ethiopia and on our screens we were seeing kids starving, kids dying and uh, these pop stars in their brilliance thought it was a great idea to raise a bunch of money and, and for a kid I thought, this is cool, I can actually contribute and make a difference. But this whole time, see, God 
was speaking into my life and he was just, uh, he was showing me some of the things that were going on in this world and they weren't things that, that we get necessarily taught at school or that we understand. You know, if, if you followed Band-Aid, for those of you of different generations, uh, the few different iterations of it, they, they came out again in 2020, uh, 20, uh, 2004 and uh, Sudan was going through a crisis and then in 2014, Ebola was the crisis. But all through this, I found myself asking the question, why does God let this happen? Why does God let this brokenness be part of our world? Now, I'm going to admit straight up, that is a massive question. And it's one that we could spend significant time unpacking, and we don't have time for that today. But what I found myself subsequently asking was not just why does God let this happen, and even if I couldn't fully understand why, but who does God call to do something about it? Who does he call to do something about it? And I started to realise that he was calling me to do something about it. He calls people, people of faith, to be lights, to be shining into the darkness, to bring light into the world, to bring hope into what can feel like hopeless and dark situations. That's part of my story. But we all have our stories. We've all had our own journeys. We've all had our own experiences. You, you, you have... You will have seen people suffering. You will have seen people going through pain and brokenness in this world. If it hasn't happened to you, it's probably someone that you know. You've, we experience it. Nowadays, with, uh, with social media and, and with uh, the, the worldwide media, it's right there on our screens. We see the brokenness in this world. And if you're anything like me, you've probably all asked that big question, why does God let this happen? But have we thought much about this other really important question. Who does God call to do something about it? What I've discovered is that he calls all of us to do something about it. All of us as people of faith, God calls to bring a light into this world. We're all called, we can't ignore it. We are his servants, we are his people. In our context, all of us together is this church that we call Gateway. You know, and as a church, part of our response is this gateway beyond ministry space. You know, reaching out in this community, this nation, our world. We've got people like Chris and Jamie, people like Heather here in this campus who are representatives of Gateway Beyond, who represent our missions development space, who represent our gateway care space. You know, we're launching ministries next year, uh, reaching out to refugees and migrants. We're sending people out around the world, like Mike has gone out from this church to another nation. We're a nation where we're not supposed to say the name because it's that dangerous for him to be there. As a church, we are called together to bring light to this world. You know, and one of the ways that, uh, that we do this in a really significant way is through our Gateway Christmas Appeals each year. For some of you, you you're reasonably new to Gateway. For some of you, you're not as uh, acquainted with our Christmas Appeal. So I just thought... I'll spend a little bit of time this morning just taking us on a little bit of a journey backwards to see what we've been able to do as a church community when together we decide to do something about it. When we decide that God has called us to do something about it. You know, in 2016, the Gateway Christmas Appeal, the title was Village of Hope. There's a small village in Chirima in Uganda where African Hearts has been reaching out and trying to stop uh, 
boys and girls becoming street kids and, and fleeing into, into the capital and, and really trying to find a way to, to keep them there. The, the decision was made to build a village of hope, a place where a community centre could be built, a medical centre, where sanitation blocks could be developed, that where wells could be installed so that fresh and clean and safe water was available. So kids no longer had to flee to the streets. They didn't have to run away looking for help, looking for opportunities. Their community had been empowered because this church dug deep that Christmas and a village of hope was built in 2016. In 2017, our Hospitals of Hope campaign uh, took place and uh, we as a church gave so that in two nations in Africa, healthcare facilities could be built and developed. In Goma, in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the Heal Africa Training Centre was, was able to be, uh, to be developed where uh, local doctors could be trained up, equipped, empowered, shown, me shown medical uh, skills that, uh, that just simply aren't available in those nations. Our senior pastor, Jason, who's visited these places, say, says, Africa is not a good place to be sick. But because of this church digging deep in Goma, there's a hospital open today where doctors are being trained, where life-changing surgery, life-saving surgery is being performed and hope is birthed. In Kitkum in Uganda, uh, Yotcom uh, has developed a, a hospital there as well, again through the giving of that Hospitals of Hope campaign. You know, in Kitkum, there was no medical facilities available and, uh, and Dr Andrew Wright from Gateway, he'd been going over there and he, he looked at it and he said, we've got to do something about this. And so a maternal and child health facility with an antenatal unit, two labour wards and an operating theatre were able to be uh, built because as a church, we said, we've got to do something about this. They've got meeting rooms, teaching rooms, administration areas, and that continues to be a light into that community in Uganda. Over 11 years ago, as a church, we reached out to young ladies in Cambodia young ladies who had been trafficked, who had been through horrible trauma that we couldn't even imagine. Gateway started this ministry of bloom 11 years ago and over 200 girls who have been rescued from sex trafficking have had their lives and their eternities changed. You know, in 2018, through our Crowned with Hope Gateway Christmas Appeal, we contributed to the ongoing costs of that ministry, providing holistic aftercare programs for more and more and more girls rescued from trafficking. And we continue to hear stories of communities being changed because those girls have found hope in Jesus. Because as a church, we said, we've got to do something about this. In 20, 2019, our Christmas appeal uh, was raising hope. You'll see through all these, hope, hope, hope. Because as Jesus' people, we're called to bring hope. And in South Asia, in Bangladesh, and through symbiosis, over $200,000 was given by our church for two projects. One was to develop a building as a beacon of hope or a place where hope could be, uh, could be proclaimed at bricks and mortar where land was purchased and transformed and renovated uh, into a multi-purpose centre of hope, facility to base for specialised programs in agriculture, business enterprise training, maternal and child health care, disability awareness workshops, women's hairdressing training, 
It also has a place where visitors, where teams from Australia and from other nations can come and stay and, and train some of those skills. And the second part of the project was the, was the establishment uh, of an integrated community development project where more than 5,000 people are going to be direct, have been directly impacted. So there's 60 new community groups with approximately 1,000 members where, where there's seed uh, generation funding for, for programs, where, where people are taught numeracy, where I in Bangladesh, a few cents being able to be put away gives people capacity to start new businesses. I don't know, I've got the photos going on the screen. There's a cow there that the, the lady was able to buy because she was able to save the money. It wasn't just she was given a hand out. She was given a hand up through our Raising Hope appeal in 2019 for the church. We said, we're called to do something about this. And last year, uh, in, in 2020, our begin again, our Christmas campaign to again support the work of Bloom. You know, 11 new girls so far have been given the chance to begin again because of our Christmas gift last year. You know, COVID has, has impacted the whole world, but COVID hit Cambodia very hard and the girls needed opportunities more than ever. And because we'd been able to give, girls were able to, using uh, technology, uh, they, they physically weren't allowed to attend uh, the Bloom Training Centre, but they were able to do it uh, online. Cases of COVID have been an all-time high. Businesses everywhere are struggling. But hope is breaking through. Because as a church, we said, we need to do something about this. You see, for those girls in Cambodia who've been rescued, if they don't find a way to, to, bu uh, to build capacity for themselves to earn an income, there's an 80% chance they're going to be re-trafficked. Nothing takes away hope like that. But as a church, we said we've got to do something about this. And we have. And girls and communities are being transformed. You know, and this year, our Beacon of Hope Christmas Appeal, where we're going to support uh, work in Eastern Shan, Shan State in Myanmar. I've got a video I'm going to show you right now that tells a story uh, of what is, what is happening there. So please turn your eyes to the screen. Myanmar borders India, China, Thailand and Laos and uh, this has created an amazing amount of diversity. It's a real adventure because every time you go down a different valley or into a different valley you can end up with a totally different people group. One group in particular gets left behind and that's women. Many women and even girls often leave their villages or their communities to go find work to support their families. And many women find themselves just in that space, caught up in a whole lot of trafficking, sex work, and prostitution. And so for women in Myanmar in particular, there's very little hope or opportunity for a better future. Well, and I have been working in Myanmar for the last 20 years. And during that time, we've had the privilege of mentoring and training many young women and helping them to build hope for their future. And we've been able to, in that time, partner with many people in different organizations to see young women begin to be inspired and to follow their dreams. So Mi Jun is a lovely woman from the Aka ethnic group. And when she was 18 years old, she still didn't know how to read and write. 
Uh, her family had five boys to raise and they didn't see the point of you know, educating their daughter. But they did say that she could cross the border into Thailand and just see what she could do for herself. When she did that, she came to Thailand, she encountered a Christian community who really poured into her life. Uh, not only did she learn to read and write, she got a Bible school degree, she got pastoral experience, she learned community development, she learned uh, sewing and beautician skills. And 20 years later, she returned to Myanmar, this time with her husband and two young children. Bu Cho is another young woman, and she, her parents weren't able to send her to school past year four. So she was thinking of moving to Mungla, that border town of China, which is very dangerous. It's a gambling town. It's not the place you want your daughter to be living. So thankfully, Miju met Bu Cho and really took her under her wing, invited her into her home, encouraged her to continue her schooling, and Bucho has just really flourished and prospered under Mijun's influence. And she is now mentoring girls that are younger than her, helping them with their schoolwork, teaching them about the Lord. And it's just beautiful to see how Bucho is passing this on now to the next generation. And so um, it's just beautiful to see how the hope and the transformation that Mijun found is now being passed on to Bucho and now even on to the third generation of young women. We've had a dream for a long, long time now to put down more permanent roots in Myanmar and build a community resource and development center where people like Mijung and Bucho can have opportunities open to them that they've never ever had before. A place where people can gather from various religious and ethnic backgrounds to learn skills such as language, music, education skills, business skills, agricultural methods, parenting skills, sewing, and much, much more. A place where people can receive a helping hand and a place where people find hope and Jesus is shared and where youth can gather in the evening safely. A place where people who want to impact their society with social initiatives can be mentored and encouraged. We believe that this center will be a beacon of hope. In 10 years, more than 5,000 people in 50 communities will have their lives transformed forever. You can never underestimate the impact that can happen when one precious life is changed. And the good news is that our Christmas gift this year will establish a community center that will impact 5,000 people, just like Bucho in 50 different communities in Myanmar. I believe this impact will bring new hope to one of the darkest nations in this world. Rob and Liz have been blessing people in this part of the world for 20 years. And as a church, we've been supporting them every step of the way. And this Christmas, we'll partner with them once again to bless more people than ever before in Myanmar. I encourage you to give generously this Christmas and be part of God bringing healing and hope to so many hurting people in this nation. You can jump online, fill in a giving card, or visit the Beacon of Hope stand at any of our services. And together, we will build a community center that will be a beacon of hope for the people of Myanmar for generations to come. I love the stories that are coming through in our Beacon of Hope uh, series this year. Stories like Majum and Bucho. The generational change, you see, 
someone who was considered virtually worthless by their family, sent away, discovered the life-changing message of Jesus, did something with it, said, I have to do something with this, and is now investing into the next generation in Bucho. And Bucho, because she discovered the life-changing message of Jesus, said, I've got to do something with this, and she's doing it into the next generation. How good is it when God gets hold of our heart? You know, and together as a church, this year we have this opportunity to build this community resource and development centre that will be a beacon of hope into Eastern Shan State in Myanmar. I had the privilege uh, six years ago uh, to, to visit Robin Liz and to actually travel over into Myanmar. Uh, I know Ash has been there and maybe some others have been there, but it's a nation that uh, many of us don't know uh, too much about. Uh, I didn't know too much about it until, you know, we sort of arrived in northern Thailand and uh, Rob and Liz were getting us ready to go over the border. And you know how they say never leave your passport anywhere if you travel overseas? Well, when you go to Myanmar, they just want you to leave the passport at the border and you say, I'm going into a nation I know nothing about. This doesn't feel good. When you're walking halfway across the bridge because you're not allowed to drive over into that nation and you have to cross sides because a military dictator had decided at one point, we're going to change the side of tr uh, we drive on over here and everyone just has to follow and do what they're told. It's an interesting nation. There's, there's so much poverty, so much brokenness. You know, in Myanmar, children are trafficked. Girls have very little value to families except to be sold. Girls are sold because that is how they can bring value to their family. And if they happen to get away and, and, and get back home, they can be sold again. And they can be sold multiple times. They can be sold into marriage. And families use that money to put food on the table. That nation is broken. Civil war has raged for over 70 years, the longest running civil war uh, in the world. Nowhere is safe. In the last couple of years, there's been a coup in Myanmar. The elected government was thrown out by the military. And it's still uncertain today what their future holds. Drug use and drug trafficking are everywhere. Myanmar is the second uh, biggest producer of methamphetam methamphetamines in the world. For a lot of people, their hope is in drugs because that's where they can find work. I had this bizarre experience. As we went over, we, we, we're watching the poverty and then all of a sudden you see these luxury four-wheel drives drive past. And Rob, what's going on? That's the drug cartels. Those big houses that, that look like they don't belong here because they're so flash. Well, that's the drug cartels. It's not hidden. It's, it's, it's there in plain sight. There's corruption. There is hopelessness. In Myanmar, everything is broken. Stories in Myanmar don't have happy outcomes. There is no hope. But when people of faith respond to the call to do something about it, People like Rob and Liz go, and the gospel is shared. Lives are transformed, and hope begins to break through into the darkness. Our Beacon of Hope our campaign shows you some of those stories. They're long stories. There's, there's lots of suffering still there, but light is breaking through into the darkness. And this community centre, which as a church we will have the opportunity to build by our generosity, will be, will be a place where people will have opportunities open to them that they've never had before. 
You know, it's been said there in the video, but in the next 10 years, 5,000 people in 50 communities will have their lives transformed forever. Because people said, we've got to do something about this. More people like Majid, more people like Bucho, women whose society said have no worth are impacting that society for good today, sharing the life-changing message of Jesus and bringing hope to a nation where everything seems broken, but where hope can break through. Stopping girls from being trafficked, stopping them being abused, stopping them being cast aside, stopping people get, having to get involved in drug trafficking, stopping people having to be involved in corruption, showing a community that they have a value beyond this broken cycle of poverty. As a church, we say, we're going to do something about this. You know, this Christmas as a church, we have been reflecting on Christmas treasure. You know, Jesus said uh, in Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you treasure, what you value, that's what's important to you. So what do we treasure? What is our treasure? What can we do with our treasure this Christmas? As I was reflecting on it, treasure, we often equate it to money or, or financial resources, but I, I think our treasure is actually more than that. It's also our time, it's our skills, it's our experiences, it's our relationships with others, it's our community, our influence, and our relationship with Jesus. So what do you treasure? Where's your heart? Now, if you're a follower of Jesus today, our greatest treasure is to know the hope that came with Christmas over 2,000 years ago, when the Saviour of the world was born. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that's most likely because someone shared this treasure with you at some point in time. Someone said, I've got to do something about this. I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to share the life-changing message of Jesus with someone else. And for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that was you who were the beneficiary of someone sharing that Christmas treasure with you. You know, as followers of Jesus, people whose lives have been changed by the power of the gospel, we're all called somewhere to someone to share this life-changing message of Jesus ourselves. Jesus wants us to get this. As we see in the final words he says to his disciples recorded in Matthew 28, clearly it was important. If, if it's the last thing someone says before they're, they're about to leave, you, you do want to take some notice of it. And in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, He came to his disciples, those that had followed him, those, those that weren't sure what was going to happen next. And he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me all authority. You have power to go and do something about this. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations. We all have to do something about this. The disciples were sent out to do something about this. They were sent out to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. They've been given a commission, the Great Commission, to do something about it. And Jesus said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. It means that we're not doing it on our own. He is with us, He is for us, He is guiding us, He is helping us. But we've still got to do something with it. See, God calls His people to go and make disciples of all nations. Rob and Liz heard this call and they opened their hearts to God in obedience. Their specific call was to the people of Myanmar and, and even more specifically to the people of the Eastern Shan State. And as they have discipled people, people have discovered Jesus for the first time. Hope broke through into their darkness. Their eternities have been changed. 
and communities have started to change. See, when Jesus changes a heart, he changes everything. And light breaks through the darkness. Jesus reminds us again in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. We're called to be light, light into this world, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, it can sound like we're glorifying Rob and Liz a little bit in this, but we're not. We're glorifying their faith in Jesus and the way that Jesus got into their heart and changed their lives. They are beacons of hope because Jesus transformed their lives and they are doing something about it, but it only happens because Jesus is with them, because we want to glorify our Father in heaven. See, Rob and Liz have become a beacon of hope to a part of the world that most of us know little or nothing about. They let their light shine and others, uh, through Jesus, were transformed and they also became beacons of hope. People like Bucho and Jim, shining their lights into the darkness. Together, they now are called to build this community centre that will be a beacon of hope and enable thousands more to discover who Jesus is and start to shine their lights further and further into Myanmar. Communities will be changed. Generational curses will be broken. New opportunities that haven't existed before will come about. More people will have their eternities changed through the power of Jesus' name being proclaimed throughout that nation. There's a prophetic word sitting over Myanmar around what the future could look like. In amongst the brokenness, hope is rising. There are opportunities. The gospel is being preached. And that nation, we believe, because of people like Rob and Liz and others who have followed God's call, can turn that nation around because they chose to do something about it. See, God called Rob and Liz to Myanmar over 20 years ago because that nation needed to hear the message of Jesus proclaimed. And God knew it would be a long and a hard journey. See, God saw the brokenness and darkness in Myanmar and he sent his people to help. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus into this world at that first Christmas because he saw a world in darkness needing to hear the life-changing message of the gospel. He knew it would be a long and hard journey that ultimately people would kill his son. We, we celebrated communion earlier. The story of Christmas comes with the story of Easter. People rejected Jesus. People turned their back on him and they killed him. But God saw the brokenness and the darkness in this world and he sent his greatest treasure, his son. And despite this rejection, his disciples became beacons of hope. His disciples shined light into dark places around the world. And that message of the gospel, the Jesus message over 2,000 years ago, through 11 disciples, spread across the world into every nation. It spread throughout 2,000 years of human history with all the twists and turns of that. And that message kept spreading. And today, we're here at Gateway Logan sharing this hope with others. It made its way here. As a church family, we're choosing to do something about it and sharing it further. So I would like to ask you, what is God calling you to do this Christmas time? Or more specifically, who is he calling you to? How is he calling you to respond? 
Who could you bring hope to? Is it a friend? Is it a neighbor, a family member, perhaps someone you work with? Who's God calling you to? Is it someone you live, work, laugh with? Who is your one that you actually need to share Jesus with? Because the light needs to come into the world. Because we need to do something about it. And beyond that, not just who is your one, but how is he calling you to respond to brokenness in our community? How is he calling you to respond to the brokenness in our nation? How is he calling you to respond to the brokenness in our world? I actually believe each and every one of us have a, have a part to play in this. It's great to celebrate Rob and Liz, but we all have a part to play in proclaiming the gospel, in sharing Jesus, in being light into the world. So who is it that God is calling you to? And what is it that he's calling you to respond to? Imagine what could be done in Myanmar. Imagine hope breaking through the darkness there. Imagine more people like Majim and Bucho having their eternities changed by hearing the good news of the gospel and then passing that hope onto others, including their next generation. This Christmas season, how will we respond as a church family? Will you give generously to our Christmas appeal so that a beacon of hope can be built? in Myanmar, impacting the lives of over 5,000 people in 50 communities? And will you also give your time and your experience of the hope that comes from Jesus with those around you? Let your light shine. See, you might be the only person that can bring light into someone else's world. I think sometimes we, we underestimate what Jesus calls us to do. I think sometimes we underestimate our influence there will be someone, there'll be lots of people, but there'll be someone out there who you are uniquely called to share the life-changing message with Jesus. Don't miss that opportunity. How will you shine your light into this, your community, and to the community in Myanmar that desperately needs a light to shine? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.